If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. Should you want to watch the program live or on demand so long as our friends at Facebook Allow that to be the case. It's good to be here. Thank you for joining us this morning. Yesterday I mentioned, yesterday I referenced what had happened in Venice Beach, California. Venice Beach, California, there was um, a situation where, and I bring this up off the top because the more I think about this, the more I start thinking about what happened here, the more symbolic I find this. So you've got this skate park in Venice, California, and apparently skaters were violating the rule that closed the skate park, closed to anyone being at the skate park because of coronavirus spread fears. No word if if they were actually violating social distancing. They just apparently determined that this was a non-essential activity. So this is at a park, and they say no skateboarding. Imagine, if you will, this you know it goes into the ground and it's got ramps and obstacles and it's you know it's got the sides where people can skate up to this you know up the side of it. It kind of looks. If you're looking down upon it from a drone, kind of looks like a, an ingrown pool, uh, in, in ground, not ingrown, in ground pool that you're looking down upon. You know, that's it's not a, I don't know, symmetrical shape or whatever. Maybe it is symmetrical, but with the obstacles and so forth, it's not. You know, it's it it is it's it's got unique uh, pieces on the inside of it, and so the skateboarders would not oblige, would not listen to the rulings from the the state. And so what did they do? We talked about this yesterday. They, they, they dumped sand. Yes, they took the time. The government took the time to dump sand into, into this skate park. Dump sand in it so that, that you know, folks, the, the wheels on the skateboards or bikes or whatever they're riding down there cannot be... Uh, cannot be used for skateboarding. And this is what happens. I, so, 
So the government takes something that is working perfectly well, and then it gums it up. Right? I, I'm reminded of what Reagan said. Reagan said government's view of the economy can be summed up in these three short phrases. If it moves, tax it. If it keeps moving, regulate it. If it stops moving, subsidize it. And we are experiencing that right now. We are experiencing that right now. Um, the government has effectively shut the economy down. They're trying to do multiple things at once. Here. They're trying to both stimulate and um, <laughs> and regulate it, which, again, I'm not – look, there is a balance here. I had some conversations recently with some folks about a couple of things. Um, the government has some authority in the, the case of an emergency to take – what may be deemed as normally drastic actions if there's a justifiable cause, if there's a short-term, you know, definable, quantifiable objective. You can't indefinitely tell people they cannot participate in society. That's just not American, folks. I don't care. This ultimately, ultimately we are first and foremost responsible for ourselves. It doesn't mean that some measures cannot be taken. It just means that you can't have a blanket statement that shuts everything down for as long as the government deems necessary, which, by the way, is always longer than common sense allows it to be. I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's nuts. And you think about this, you think about this, and, you, and I find myself wondering, yesterday I posted something that I, I didn't write myself, I received it in an email but you, you, you think about things like how many government workers have been laid off? Are government workers, the people that are making these decisions, are they impacted financially from this? Or are they just sitting back collecting the checks while the rest of the private sector, who, by the way, funds those jobs? I don't know where people in government think that their money comes from, but it's not coming from the government to the private sector. Now, maybe it is with these stimulus bills or whatever you want to call it but it's in that sense it's not even coming from the government it's coming from it's coming from a fantasy world it's coming from a place where you can hit a button and create money out of nothing and put us automatically in trillions of dollars of of new debt now i understand with with where we are and the uh, possibility of of things even much greater economically than what we're dealing with now much worse in the sense of being much more overwhelming, even people throwing around the term depression. You look at incredibly high unemployment levels, you know, businesses um, not able to function, closing their doors. I mean, this this is a recipe for financial catastrophe in this nation. But as I go back to this, the situation with the uh, the the skate park in Venice Beach. I'm just I'm blown away by how symbolic this is. So it's working fine, it's working fine. But the government doesn't like it. The government doesn't like that the people there are not abiding by their rules. Again, I don't know if they were violating social social distancing, but it seems to me there's got to be a solution, right? Can you not limit it to a certain number of people? I mean, what else are these State employees doing? Are they sitting at home? Can they not? Can they not be at the park? I mean, it's outside. If you limit 
the number of people that can can come in and use this. How is this a, a problem? Why is this a problem? If it's being abused, is, is there not a way to manage it? Is there not an alternative that's better than literally gumming up the skate park? So they dump the sand in there, and this is where I love it. The free market comes in, and they work with that mess. They work with it. At first, at first, these individuals built a dirt bike course. I saw a video yesterday on Twitter. I think I even retweeted the images. Love it. They created a skate or a dirt bike course with the sand. They eventually, from what I'm, I'm told, cleaned the sand out, cleaned up the mess, and then brought its original purpose back, which was to be a skate, bar, a skate park. So you've got something that's working perfectly fine. There's another solution besides taking a an excavator and dumping sand, dumping sand in this. So it's literally, as I said yesterday, it's the equivalent of you know the old the old adage, the old uh, example. Maybe maybe some folks listening to me at the had a uh, had to do this at some point in their lives, whether um, <laughs> with a harsh father or. Maybe in the military, you dig a hole and you fill it in. We just we want activity, nothing productive done. We just want you to follow the rules. You're going to be disciplined. You're going to listen. You're going to work. You dig a hole, then you fill it back in. Well, this is effectively the same thing in reverse. They filled in the hole, and now they're going to have to dig themselves out, except for the private citizen, the free market, if you will, stepped in, first of all, made the most out of it by creating it or turning it into temporarily a dirt bike course, and then just cleaning it out and returning it to its original intended purpose, which is a skate park. Government, I'm sure, is planning their next move. Who knows what that'll be? Who knows what the next move will be when you violate the dictates of a government? This is not this is not logical behavior, folks. I don't care. This is just not logical. Again, why is it logical to go to to be able to go to the supermarket to get groceries, uh, to get gas in your car, what have you. There's you know social distancing that can take place there, but it can't take place at a skate park. These these clowns in government can't find a way, can't find a way to continue to let people live their lives. And I'm sure they'll start preaching. They'll start preaching to us how we're fat and overweight because we can't go out and exercise but meanwhile they won't let people get out in the skate park because who knows because they can this is not a reasonable series of events dumping sand in a skate park in venice california is not a logical and reasonable activity that a that a government entity should be participating in you know i find myself wondering what the what the founders would have done to this. I mean, you listen to some of the kind of silly things that they were subjected to by the king of England, and they're not silly because these things hurt hurt the founders in lots of ways. But just the silly pettiness. that This is the poster child, I think, of, of pettiness and what we're, what we're dealing with. Again, I'm not suggesting a haphazard rushing back into quote-unquote normal life or how things were prior prior to the coronavirus outbreak and pandemic i am saying this is not this is not proportional this is not reasonable this is not what we should be expecting 
from our government. It just simply is not. Simply is not. And it's a very, in my opinion, a very good symbol for how things work. Again, the government takes something that's working perfectly fine. They gum it up by their silly involvement. In fact, they create the problem. They create the problem. The free market comes in, makes the most of the problem that they've created, eventually cleaning it up so they can get back to its original intended purpose, which is a skate park in this instance. As Reagan said, I said it off the top, I'll say it again, government views, uh, the government's view of the economy can be summed up in these three short phases. If it moves, tax it. If it keeps moving, regulate it. If it stops moving, subsidize it. And the government's trying to do really all three of these things right now simultaneously um, in American economic life. A microcosm, a symbol of what the government does. In fact, oftentimes creating, creating the very problem that they themselves uh, first say that they're trying to prevent. And then they'll come in and save the day like the proverbial knight on the white horse rescuing us from the problem that candidly would not have existed if they had not been involved. I'm not suggesting coronavirus is made up. I'm suggesting, I'm saying, that in the case of this uh, situation in Venice, they made the problem worse. And they did not have to be involved in that way. They acted in a petty fashion. This is, there's surely another solution besides this. This is, this is, juvenile at best, maybe infantile behavior that we're seeing, dumping sand. It's just crazy. And the people responded, and now what? Next move. It terrifies me to think what might be next. What might be next could could uh, could make the skaters. I tell you what, even if I didn't skateboard, I might be tempted to skate out in Venice. It's just the... Uh, the message and the means and the way that they think that they can do whatever they want without recourse to people, it's reprehensible. It's silly. I mean, has there been one reason to think that a case of coronavirus has spread through the, the skate park? I mean, it, it just it defies all common sense. And as I said before, and I'll say again, when it pertains to not necessarily the skate park in this instance, but when it pertains to businesses – an essential business, in my estimation, the government's looking at this from the wrong side of the coin. But what makes something an essential business is that it's a means by which someone provides for his or her family. And they have created pure chaos in that sense, economic chaos. Thanks, thankfully, we have at least Donald Trump trying to restore the economy and now some governors as well. And they're taking flack for that. We'll talk about that. We've also got stimulus or whatever they want to call this 3.5 which is another half trillion dollars that's going to be potentially uh, voted on here today tomorrow sort of thing but lots of things to unpack here but i've got to take a break you're listening to conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back in just a minute You know, with all of that sand that the government was dumping in that skate park in Venice, California, I was starting to get a little bit suspicious 
about what California Democrats wanted to hide under that sand. In fact, I asked some friends. <laughs> I'm not going to share share their answers, but what are some things that the Democrats, uh, California Democrats, or lovers of big government in the state of California might have considered hiding, maybe hid in that in those bucket loads of of sand that they dumped in the skate park in Venice, California. Anyway, I put nothing past some of these radical, out-of-control jokers. But anyway, I want to shift gears here a little bit. And of course, there's a lot of things, a lot of things vying uh, for our attention, our attention this morning. I'm, I'll uh, start here by talking about what Trump did, what Trump announced late last night. Trump announced late last night that he would be suspending immigration into the United States using an executive order as we are working our way through the coronavirus academic, uh, pandemic, I should say, this issue of health and safety of the American citizens and, of course, the health and the overall wellness of the economy. Fox News reporting here, President Trump announced late Monday he will sign an executive order, quote, to temporarily suspend immigration into the United States in what appeared to be a, that's it, end quote, in what appeared to be a drastic escalation of his efforts to fight the coronavirus pandemic and boost the economy. The declaration came hours after U.S. equity markets plunged with oil prices turning negative. Did you see that? Negative oil prices for the first time in history. Of course, also on Monday, three states, Georgia, Tennessee, and South Carolina, revealed plans to begin reopening some businesses. Trump tweeted this in light of the attack from the invisible enemy, we need all, uh, as well as the, the need to protect the jobs of our great, all caps, great American citizens. I will be signing an executive order to temporarily suspend immigration into the United States, exclamation part, uh, exclamation point. This was tweeted out last night, 10.06 p.m. Um, so there, there's two reasons. Number one, to prevent the spread of further coronavirus from people who are outside, outside of the United States, bringing that, that in. Uh, number two, number two, look, so there's there's still the issue with testing here. Right. I mean, there's still, in fact, I think I saw where Dr. Fauci says we need to triple. We need to triple the amount of testing we are able to conduct here in this nation. But we are we, we've tested more than any other nation in the world. Now, some would say per capita, we're not the leader in, in testing. But you think about some of these other places, these other countries where they're nowhere near us. I'm not saying we're we're first in the sense of um in the sense of having um you know the, the per capita number of tests, but I am saying I am saying that we're not definitely the worst. So we have some people that could be coming from places that we don't know really anything about. Now some people are of course upset about this. Um but my thought is my thought is that we – two things here. If we can shut – well, you've got, you got people in California complaining about what somebody in Kansas or Georgia or Tennessee or South Carolina or a beach, Jackson's, uh, 
Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville Beach in Florida, opening up at least kind of in a step-by-step manner. You can't do all activity. You can't go out there and lay out on the beach. You have to be moving or active or in the water, running, jogging, walking, whatever, walking the dog, that sort of thing. You can't just take a group of 25 of your friends and set up shop for the day on the beach laying out in the sun. But this this process of opening the beach, there's people in California, New York, that, that want to criticize that. So they want to tell other states what they can do. But a lot of folks who have been critical of Trump regarding immigration, suddenly this is a problem in their mind. They have no problem trying to tell another state what to do, even if they think the situation is, is manageable in their states, even if they believe that they have flattened the curve or um, you know can, can, can begin the process of, of addressing both sides of this equation, which again includes the health side and the economic side. People are more offended by that than just apparently uh, with this immigration as though it's a right. It's not a right for someone to come here, folks. It's a blessing, a privilege, and an opportunity. We are blessed. We are blessed indeed to be born. I, You know, when I wake up here in this country, and again, I know that there are some people that cannot come to grips with this. They don't want to hear it. They don't. I know it's not the vast, vast majority of you, but I come across people. In fact, I read a, some comments on our Apple uh, podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts, and I can see uh, some people that don't see it this way. One individual thinking that it was a little bit over the top, and I think he said, sometimes I roll my eyes <laughs> at, at some of the things I, I hear as far as pretty much the pride for America or the blessings of this nation, but we truly live in the greatest time, in the greatest place in the history of the world. And again, that's not to, to say that your personal circumstances are, you know, aren't difficult and challenging. Believe me, these are difficult and challenging times for, for most people in a lot of ways. And we can, we can all respect and understand that while at the same time understanding that we in fact have something special in this great nation. This is a privilege to be uh, an American. I still have, we all still have inalienable rights simply because we recruit, not because we're Americans. Our government simply, well, historically acknowledged this those things came from our creator, not from not from our government. So we are blessed indeed to be here. President Trump can take actions to temporarily suspend immigration to this country, especially when you think about the risks of coronavirus. And not just the risk of the health, you know, the health of the coronavirus, it's also the risk of jobs. If we have not enough jobs, then one of the first things we should think about is, are, you know, should we adjust how many immigrants we're allowing to come into this nation legally? Of course, we should try to stop all, as much as humanly possible, illegal immigration. We shouldn't look to politicize that or you know, think that they have a God-given right to be here simply because they've broken the law, crossed our border, and so forth. But for those who are going through the process legally, we also have a prerogative to determine how many of those people we allow in, especially 
Well, I mean, for any number of reasons, but one of those being economic. If people are struggling finding jobs, finding work, what on earth are we doing bringing people in that will need to be taking taking those jobs? You could say, well, some of those folks might start businesses that hire other people, so it could be a net positive gain. That's certainly, that is certainly true, but again, we don't know. It depends on the people, and when Trump talks about this, when Trump... When Trump talks about bringing in certain types of people with certain skill sets and so forth, he's criticized for that as well. Anyway, Trump is planning on signing an executive order here that would stop um, all immigration temporarily into the United States because of the issues we're dealing with concerning coronavirus. So that being said, I'm going to take a break, get back. I want to talk a little bit about this next phase, next phase of the vote being taken, the, the actions taken by Congress trying to uh, help America minimize the economic downturn, navigate through the challenges created by the coronavirus and the actions taken by our government in the wake of coronavirus. So all that being said, quick timeout. When we get back, we'll talk about that. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. You know, one more word, one more word on um, the, the folks who I didn't read some of these tweets, some folks who are upset at President Trump. One of these um, representative Don Bayer, B-E-Y-E-R, tweeted this in response. Okay, so let me, let me set the stage again really quickly here. Trump tweets out yesterday, late last night, 1035, in light of the attack from the invisible enemy, as well as the need to protect the jobs of the of our great all caps american citizens i will be signing an executive order to temporarily suspend immigration into the united states exclamation point so representative don bayer um, who represents northern virginia's 8th district in congress he tweets this and he retweet he retweets this in quotes um, you know, quotes Trump's tweet here. He says, from the beginning, Trump has flailed about seeking someone to blame for his own failure. <laughs> I tell you what, these people are insatiable. Obama, governors, China, Speaker Pelosi, people of Asian descent. People of Asian descent. I guess that's referencing the, calling it the Wuhan coronavirus. You know, it's amazing to me. This idiotic sort of rhetoric. What on earth? If it's like if you're looking for a suspect of a crime, if you call nine one one, God forbid, they say, "Can you describe the person who's, let's say, trying to break into your house, or whatever the case may be?" And I'm telling you, there's a percentage of Americans that think, oh, man, I don't know if I should answer that question. That person was fill in the blank, some some minority. Thank goodness, maybe some people think, thank goodness I was only attacked by a white man. I mean, it's stupid. Stupid stuff. So he's out here saying that Trump's blaming Obama, governors, China, 
Speaker Pelosi, people of Asian descent. Immigration has nearly stopped, and the U.S. has four, uh, far more cases than any other country. This is just xenophobic scapegoating. Xenophobic. I haven't looked where the 8th District is. This has to be on the outskirts of Washington, D.C. This has to be all the people who are employed directly or indirectly by Washington, D.C. This has to be a guy that represents people who are part of the machine of the federal government. This has to be in that bubble, that bubble that we call Washington, D.C., where reality and common sense cannot be found virtually anywhere in that particular bubble. This is a stupid tweet. But this is the kind of response Trump gets. It's xenophobic scapegoating. Xenophobic scapegoating. Meanwhile, there's actual reasons that Trump's doing this. One of which, again, if 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 someone in Kamala Harris had a stupid tweet about this too. Let me see if I can find it really quickly. But if somebody some liberal is all worked up because South Carolina or Tennessee or Georgia are trying to reopen their economy, saying, well, what they do there is going to affect us here. We can't be allowing them to do that. Okay, well, to be consistent with that position, surely to goodness, if some other state in our country can affect you, surely people coming from other countries can affect you. It's not xenophobic. Who stinking cares? Right now, we have to mitigate this crisis, and we have to get our economy reopened. Not to mention, that's step one. Step two, I don't know if there's steps here, but number one, number two, besides the health concerns that someone could, we could have infected people coming into this country, certainly a possibility, number one. The second thing is, what about the number of jobs? Where are these folks going to be working? We see Huge numbers of Americans filing for unemployment. 22 million over the course of a week. Think about that. 22 million. 22 million. The population of this country is 330 million approximately. We'll find out with the census. And by the way, not sure if you've taken your census yet or not. I did mine the other day. It was relatively painless. Didn't even ask my wife to do it. I did this. It probably took me seven minutes. It was asking me some tedious questions, though, a couple of times, making me answer questions um, that I thought were whatever. It wasn't super, it wasn't like a violation. It just, I, I don't really get some of it. But anyway, I took it, I filled it out, submitted it, boom. But the count is around 330 million. So we're approaching. Uh, we're approaching, what, 6-7% of all people. That's not even the workforce. That's just 330 million people, 22 million file for unemployment. And we're approaching approaching 10% over the course of a month of all people. Again, not just, not just people who are... Uh, in the in the workforce, all people. Anyway, I know I said I was going to get to the, the legislation. I'll get to that next segment, but I wanted to point this out. And I do, too, really quickly, Kamala, uh, Senator Kamala Harris, who's on the short list for VP candidates for Joe Biden, if you believe the reports. But nonetheless, nonetheless, he or she tweeted, Trump failed to take this crisis seriously from day one. His abandonment of his role as president has cost lives 
And now he's shamelessly politicizing the pandemic to double down on his anti-immigrant agenda. Enough, Mr. uh, President. The American people are fed up, says Senator Kamala Harris, who was supposed to be the Democrat nominee for president, but she came out and really showed folks, uh, (laughs) if I'm being candid, just how uh, unlikable uh, of a candidate she was. So got to take a break. When we get back, I am going to talk about this legislation, the economy, and um, we got lots of things to still get to here. As the program comes together, quick time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So Congress and the White House are apparently apparently close to reaching an agreement on new legislation, new legislation designed to help us navigate the health and economic crisis that's been unleashed upon America by the coronavirus pandemic and, of course, the actions, reactions taken by those in government not suggesting all actions have been irrational or that some shouldn't have been taken even uh, of course social distancing maybe even you know certain closures and so forth but the idea that this can go on ad infinitum without an end for as long as the people in power deem necessary the idea that this will not have crushing impact in fact already having crushing impact on the American economy is undeniable, is simply undeniable. And so we believe, uh, it's, it's believed anyway, this is Fox News, agreement on $470 billion, with a B, dollar phase 3.5, coronavirus stimulus uh, package now imminent sources Sources say negotiators from the House, Senate, and White House are close to finalizing an accord on the so-called Phase 3.5. I mean, the phases of this is, where where does this end? But anyway, Phase 3.5 response to the coronavirus pandemic and hope to have an agreement late Monday or Tuesday. Fox News is told the response includes, will include $310 billion for the payroll protection program. Remember, this had $349 billion. It was exhausted as of, I think, last Thursday. You know, I, sh- I shared this with someone yesterday. I shared this with someone yesterday. For the small, I'm talking about the small business owner. Really, I don't even like to quantify. And These things impact everybody. These things impact everybody. But for the small business owner in particular, I'm talking not even the 500 type. I'm talking about someone who may have, I don't know, 10 employees or some such thing, 20, something of that, even five. People in this position are really in a bind right now, depending upon you know their their cash reserves and the type of business that they're in, but they're they're hard pressed here there's a lot of folks like this so they applied for the payroll protection program they did not get in many cases funded they didn't get access to those loans primarily i 
This is my speculation, although it's also been admitted uh, indirectly by at least one banker. Because the banks chose to submit the larger loans because that's a bigger payday for them. So I can't fault them in some sense, but people in this position couldn't get payroll protection loans programs. Um, they could not get uh, they, they can't file for unemployment. There's just you know many of these folks, their employees can make more from un- unemployment anyway right now. So maybe employees are taking unemployment which is hard psychologically, emotionally on on a business as well to have to be in a position where they have these discussions with their employees. I know that business is, de- is demonized and vilified, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. The small business people that I know, the small business people I know, they're not out there telling their employees, uh, you know, too bad, too sad. But many of them take it on the chin to keep uh, to take good care of their employees and so they can't they couldn't get the payroll protection program they couldn't if they have no revenue coming in states still are not they're still not uh, providing unemployment benefits to entrepreneurs or uh, you know small business owners and that's that's always been the case but this this legislation had within it written um had it written into it that this would the federal government was going to at least through july 31st provide unemployment benefits to to self-employed or small business owners that's still not been worked out and then on top of that the government because the economy's been shut down and some of this again is justifiable but some of you know they, they can't go out and get customers Again, depending upon the industry, depending upon where they are, and I'm, I might be speaking specifically to you. So you, you, you're having a hard time getting money to float payroll or to keep operations going. You can't, you know, if, if things are bad enough to where you're going to have to temporarily say, I'm going to file for unemployment, you're not getting that. And you're, not, you're also not able to, um, to, to sell to operate your business because of what's going on in the economy. This creates a massive problem. So I'm <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of this stuff, but I also understand we have to find our way to get through this and then live to fight, I guess, another another day proverbial, uh, proverbially here. But $310 billion with a B dollars for the payroll protection program, that should be a big boost uh, to small business and there's some other uh, provisions, $15 billion in loans and $10 billion in grants. Um, that's another separate provision. There's $75 billion for hospitals, $25 billion for coronavirus testing, bringing the total to $470 billion. If you're keeping tabs, that's now uh, we're approaching, we're approaching three, uh, excuse me, trillion dollars tacked onto the 2.2 originally another half billion so 2.6 2.7 trillion is what we spend here long in this segment got to get uh, take a quick bait come uh, back and wrap up for the program you're listening here to conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back in just a minute
All right, wrapping up our first hour, but never fear. We will be starting hour number two here in just just a few minutes as we wrap up here. And for those of you who want to hear hour number two of the program, you can listen on Facebook, at least for the time being, facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. You can also subscribe to our free, that's right, our free email newsletters, semi-sweet morsels of truth, conservative, not bitter, always. And by subscribing, we'll send you a link where you can take advantage of a free uh, month of total access, which allows you exclusive digital access to hour number two of the program. So those are both ways that you can listen to our program, hour number two, which is what we'll be jumping into here really quickly. But I want to say before we wrap up, we still we still have this partnership, this program going on with Shepherd Community Center, 40 Days with the Todd Huff Show, looking to meet the spiritual, physical, emotional, and academic needs of our neighbors Break the cycle of poverty in the near east side of Indianapolis one child at a time. You can go to shepherdcommunity.org slash 40 days to see how you can help. Guys, sit tight. See you in a few SDG.